Welcome to the Ransomware Battleground, where we dive into the world of cybersecurity and hear firsthand from those that are deep in the fight to protect your data and peace of mind. Think your network is secure? Let's check out how secure you really are with this week's chat. Ransomware is mainstream. Today, it's an intimate chat with Paul Fredrickson, cybersecurity consultant and illustrious co-host. I'm your host and moderator, Sia Yasso-Tornrat. Before we get started, I've got to give a shout out to our sponsor, Airgap, the best defense against ransomware. With the Zero Trust Isolation Platform, Airgap confines ransomware to a single device. Put an end to threat propagation and protect your infrastructure in minutes, not months. And now, let's enter the battleground. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to the Ransomware Battleground. I am Sia. Hello, Paul. Hello, Sia. How are you? I'm doing well. I know we skipped a week last week here, so we kind of have to get get back. Uh, what do you call it? Get our summer summer like webs off of us, and we're back into action again. No more get rid of vacations. the cobwebs. Yeah, yeah we gotta get rid it. of the cobwebs. I know. Well, could you imagine like? Cop, walking into like a cobweb like with this texas heat oh my gosh i think i just bleh. no i always like, think of that scene in indiana jones where he walks into the with all the spiders and the cobwebs and oh no well, no you don't like that huh no thank you uh-uh. <laughs> all right my friend let's talk about today we've been saying this over and over again that look if you have a business you have an ip address connected to anything guess what you are susceptible to potential ransomware attacks. And wait, what does it take for people to realize that, hey, I too can be a victim? What does it take, Paul? Nothing, nothing. You could do everything (laughs) in the world. But you know what, though? When John Oliver, uh, last week, tonight, whatever show, when he dedicates an entire episode talking about ransomware, we've hit mainstream. We truly hit mainstream at this point. So I'm excited. I am celebrating the fact that, you know, he has gone mainstream and talked about ransomware, specifically not just cybersecurity, but ransomware. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And you're going to ignore 60 Minutes because nobody watches 60 Minutes, even though they're on his version of it. Oh, are they? I didn't know that. But that's Sam. I don't think anybody on that show is under 70 anymore. I'm not going to lie to you. I, don't, I haven't watched that show ever. Like, I mean, I only watch segments like that they put on YouTube or whatever, right? Like, again, we're that generation of viewers that we just don't really no, care. No, right? no, that's that's the show that our parents or our grandparents tell us when they've heard something about. And then they te- they, they would send us a videotape probably to watch it because they don't realize that it's online. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, rest in peace, my grandparents. But yeah, no, absolutely. Or, or the old, or the old, do you remember, did, did, did you ever have a family member who clipped you articles out of the newspaper? No, no, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> well, if you think about it, like my parents are in their 80s. So like my grandparents would be in their hundreds and then my great grandparents would be like, yeah, 120. Like, yeah, no, not happening. So I didn't get any, I didn't know them, unfortunately. But we digress, we digress. Okay, so let us talk, my friend. So 
share with me what was your impression of um, the article itself? Like, how thorough do you think they were? The article or the show? I'm sorry, the show. The show? Uh, For mainstream television, for non-technical audiences, it was a solid. Yeah. I mean, he made fun of it a lot, which, I mean, is kind of his brand of humor and everything, which I quite like. Uh, But he actually gave, you know, he, he tried to scare people. He tried to show people what was going on. And then at the end, he gave some actually helpful advice. So what was the advice that he gave? Uh, multi-factor authentication. Don't use the same passwords everywhere. You know, the standard kind of stuff. We I think we've said at least 100 times on this podcast. But, you know, going out there for that kind of audience is pretty big. Yeah, no, that's crazy. Yeah. I mean, for him to actually and to use and then talk about multi-factor authentication and the fact that we have IP based devices all over our house. I love the fact that that was mentioned of like, hey, you're smart, anything. If you have a device that has smart in the beginning of it, guess what? It's listening to you. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. No, and then he showed the grandma who whose laptop, you know, got slower and slower. And, you know, she had to, you know, she was Russian. And, you know, she had to pay, I think, $400 to get the pictures of her kids back, her grandkids back. And she was very angry, and I think she she said some kind of Russian curse word about the you know about the hackers, which was kind of funny. Oh my gosh! And you know what? I don't know what it is, but like different languages when they're swearing or they're like cursing the ground someone walks on in mm-hmm. another language, isn't that funny? You're like just like oh oh they mean it. Oh, it's but so- they, but the, the the most interesting point though that I had never actually considered before was he said that the hackers who hacked her laptop they actually figured out how to get your grandmother to send them you know how to get a grandma to send you cryptocurrency and he and you know he made the point of they had such they had written such good help files and and had such good technical support they actually got a grandma to send four hundred dollars via bitcoin oh my gosh that is insane that is absolutely insane like so i mean look if there's a will there's a way and if they can make the process seamless for someone it makes it probably sound more legit than it is again going back to social engineering Mm mm-hmm well, no, yeah, no. To me, that's just amazing to get that, you know, to you know, to 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 help someone in your family even just troubleshoot a problem on your computer is one thing, but to get them to actually like you know, send cryptocurrency—that's that is fantastic. No, that I mean, is. it's not fantastic, but I mean, it's fantastic. <laughs> I mean, look, let's let's call for what it is, right? Like what we see it as. So here's something that I thought was interesting because it harkens back to previous episodes that we've talked about, the ransomware as a service. And so he had, he had mm-hmm. commented that, you know, the cost of ransomware is rising. They're making way more money than they used to because mm-hmm. of our dependencies. And I don't know if you want to call it bad habits of not backing up our data, et cetera. But the Barrier of entry keeps lowering. And he's saying, you know, the whole idea around ransomware as a service, as you and I talked about, is now these hackers are like, hey, pay us and we'll provide that service for you and just give us a percentage of the hit. I mean, this is business. This is like. Oh, yeah. What a cottage well, that industry was, is this? Well, that was the that was where he embedded the 60 minutes talking about ransomware as a service, yeah. where they where they were actually showing one, I think Scott Pelly or one of the real old dudes on 60 minutes. You know, he was showing them basically the dark web and where you can go and click and basically put it all in your shopping cart and hit checkout. And, you know, like he was like, oh, yeah, I just hacked my own network and I didn't even have to code anything. I didn't have to type anything. I basically just had to get them some money, click, you know, the attack button. And then, you know, Bob's your uncle. 
Okay, what does Bob's your uncle mean? Just means it's easy. It's uh, I don't I don't remember the exact. <laughs> I hear that term all the time. I'm like Bob's your uncle. You know, I'm like, oh, okay, what's that? But anyway, I'm sorry, I didn't well, mean it's to. Not, uh, it's not it's not Cockney rhyming slang. I don't think you know where it's like <laughs> Barney Rubble Trouble, but I think it's Bob's your. I don't know. If anyone knows, uh, I would love to hear the derivation. I might, <laughs> I might do a research on it. So, okay. So, uh, you know, what I, I did think was interesting that he did point out the fact that, um, you know, um, the there are legal organizations. I'm not legal. What do you call it? Like the Justice Department is actually now taking it more seriously. And, and now I'm not mm-hmm. talking about anything political or anything. I'm not, I'm not going down that path. But, okay. <laughs> there's a task force that's being formed, right? Uh, centered around this to um, identify and, you know, lower the proliferation, if you will, of these ransomware attacks. How successful do you think that's going to be having that kind of task force? Because we are guilty of launching our own as our own cyber warfare tactics too. Don't you think? Oh, well, we have a very impressive, we have very impressive capabilities in that regard. Um the interesting thing I thought was the pipeline hack. Uh, when they sent the Bitcoin, there were a lot of people thinking that the Bitcoin got hacked, right? That the that the government, U.S. government, because they brought some of that Bitcoin back, right? And they're real cloudy on how they actually brought that back. Yeah. Um, you know, so that the way I looked at that is they were trying to send, you know, they were trying to send a clear message, like, look, don't mess with us. Like we, it, it's not. The, the, the public, all the public news about this is like, oh, Bitcoin and even John Oliver, he got this kind of a little bit wrong. And this is kind of like a weird cryptocurrency thing where they're like, oh, you know, it's this it's this hidden money and this and that. And, you know, oh, you can hide it and do whatever. And it's like, that's not actually true about Bitcoin. Bitcoin is a public ledger. Yeah. I mean, that's how they got the Silk Road guy or actually not the Silk Road guy, but the guy the FBI agents that were corrupt working on the Silk Road case actually got busted because they were able to remove all the hard evidence, but they couldn't change, you know, the, the, the public ledger. Right. So the public ledger showed that these FBI agents took a handsome amount of Bitcoin into their own possession. And granted, it doesn't show you where it went, you know, because you can move it to an offline wallet and everything like that. But it shows the movement of all the, these coins. So the whole idea that Bitcoin is, you know, private and mysterious and untrackable is a bunch of bull. You know, it's it's not it's not correct. You right. know, is it? And that's the definition of the whole blockchain technology, though, is the fact that it's a distributed ledger that there's multi yeah. points to document it to validate each other as a so legitimate you, move, right? Well, no, so that it's validated, right? Yeah. That's the security of it, is because there's multiple copies, and if you know, you tried to branch off your own version of it and say like, oh, all the Bitcoins are mine now. You know, the rest of the the, the people in the chain would be like, uh, no, delete. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. You know, so they're, you know, so they were kind of talking about like, oh, how they did that. But to me, at least, you know, the United States government going and retrieving, it wasn't all of the money. I think, you know, it was a good portion of the millions of dollars, you know, because they obviously, they hacked the dude's computer or the server or wherever they were holding that Bitcoin. And mind you, it might've been in transit on, you know, some exchange somewhere, but they showed that they can just take over, you know, when you can control large portions of the internet, it doesn't matter if you can't have Bitcoin, you can hack the dude's computer or the dude's server or the dude's data center that the server is in, you know, and if you start flexing your muscle around like that, it's, you know, it's, it's, 
to me, that's a pretty potent deterrent. Right. Uh, but to bring up another point that they, you know, that they were talking about on the show is, you know, they were talking about the Russian hackers and how the Russian hackers are, you know, driving around in these super expensive cars with like criminal license plates and everything like that, because basically the Russian government lets these hackers get away with it as long as they only hack outside of Russia and not inside of Russia. And that was a, another pretty interesting point. Ah, so they're allowing them to be capitalists. Just don't attack the government. Good job. Well, well, not the government, but don't attack anywhere in Russia. So if oh, you go, you can, okay. the rest of the world is, is completely open. Okay. So not, so don't even attack Russian businesses either. Okay. Yeah. Oh, gotcha. Gotcha. Well, I guess, you know, don't, what's that saying? Don't poop in your own backyard. Something like that. I don't know if that, I don't think that means, I don't think that <laughs> saying is the right thing, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> oh no, that's really interesting. So, okay. So, you know, I think just, it's don't poop where you eat, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Don't poop where you eat. Is it? Hmm. Well, there's okay. Well, look, I'm getting all these idioms all wrong all over the place. So, um, but you know, I think they had mentioned in the article about like they they actually mentioned Baltimore and New Orleans, right? And I think they both paid. If I remember mm -hmm. correctly, I think they both paid. And he put out an interesting stat that I didn't verify. And I'm just really curious if you feel that's accurate or not, because I have my own opinion. Um, they said that, um, you know, city government, so the public sector, um, are targets largely mm -hmm. because. 85% of them do not have qualified security people on staff. I think that's high. Although now that I think about when I used to sell into the public sector space, there was never, there was like one security person for the entire district, if I remember correctly. I mean, this is me anecdotally uh, speaking, but I mean, do you think, I mean, that I, was also 10, 15 years ago. I don't have hard numbers, but I know I have friends who are teachers in school districts and they've been hit by ransomware. They have some computer people of, you know, various technical abilities, let's say. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, and they 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 literally turned off the entire, they turned off all the Wi-Fi, they turned off all the laptops, you know, and they had to bring in people to solve their problems. So I don't think they have dedicated cybersecurity resources, even at a state level, let alone like a district or county level, you know, like how all the school districts are broken up. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I, it, you're, you're making me cringe because it's all taxpayer money. Right. And that's why we should care. Why the mainstream should care is the fact that all this ransomware, they're like, oh, well, hey, you know, why do I care if someone hacks into my home? I don't care. You know, I've got nothing to lose or my data. People don't fully understand that. Like, you know, you know, you, your data is your human currency in the future. Right. Like, I feel like that Black Mirror episode is really coming true. I think, you know, China's already rolled out the demerits, like, you know, um, the social oh the creepy one with the where you have to have the five if if you if your social standing drops below a two then you you're basically a non-persona yeah you're you're on skid row or something yeah no that's that yeah that's that's absolutely frightening oh I yeah mean, well think about it like i mean yelp review is kind of the, the, is basically the same concept right like, like yeah but you can give money to yelp and they'll boost your review or hide all your bad reviews <laughs> I think in that Black Mirror, I think they did kind of like allege or allude to the fact that rich people were able to always give themselves five stars or something like that. Or they're like so rich and powerful that you don't give them bad rating, if that makes sense. Like, 
Good to be the king, as they would say. I know. Well, okay, well, that's frightening to think about this ransomware, like to pay or not to pay. We've talked about this before. It's like the more you pay them, they can reallocate that money to do more nefarious attacks and get more sophisticated mm-hmm. technologies and hire people. Like it is. Well, you're encouraging them. Yeah, no, it's encouraging. You're funding and encouraging, right? It's kind of the, the the really nasty um Example I, I I was using for a while was the you know remember I think it was in the late 80s or 90s when they would always hijack the airplanes and then the, when they would hijack the airplanes they would just fly them to like Cuba or something right mm-hmm. but the assumption was right like we're going to hijack the airplane we're going to take it someplace and you're all going to be safe as long as you go along but September 11 changed that right oh, so now yeah. if anybody hijacks your plane, they're going to kill you all. So then all of the passengers are no longer going to go along with it. And that's the reason I feel safe flying nowadays, you know, other than all the security theater of, oh, we put a stronger door on it. It's like, no, it's like now if something goes down, there's only going to be a handful of terrorists on the plane and everybody on the plane is going to go, we're going to do whatever we need to do to take these dudes out. And you've seen that. I mean, there was a couple of the, the one shoe bomber guy, I mean, they beat him up and then they all took their belts off and strapped him down to a chair. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I think the mental you know, state so of is, our world is is definitely something less than desirable. You know, it's kind of like when we're thinking about this, I kind of feel like the what's that the apocalypse is, is happening. I feel like this 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 breakdown in society potentially is like, you know, that dramatic, you know, cybersecurity and Hollywood, you know, vibe. I don't know, maybe I'm just going crazy here, but I don't know what 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 Hollywood vibe. I mean, they always do it really badly. <laughs> That's yeah. true. They it always true. they always they, they always try to like glamorize hacking, and it's really not that glamorous. It's just a dude sitting or a woman sitting at a computer typing, and most and of, then you know, <laughs> and most of the time it's social engineered too. It's not like rocket science, deep hacking. Like I must learn a new alien language to code it right. But so or I, you or you put a head, you put a gun to the head of. Uh, uh, what's his name? Travolta. You're going to hack into this system right now, or I'm going to shoot you and you have 60 seconds to get into the DOD. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. Oh my gosh. So I was reading another article about this. And like, again, the, the whole theme being is like we're in the mainstream. I'm not quite mm-hmm. sure how more mainstream outside of John Oliver being the, the sarcastic, um, what's that Pied Piper, if you will, to bring attention to ransomware. Mm-hmm. Um, this article. Johnny Appleseed. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Is it Johnny Appleseed? Well, I was thinking more of the Pied Piper, but. Same saying, Either right? Way. It's Johnny Johnny Appleseed just planted trees everywhere. And Paul Bunyan yeah. cut I don't remember all these tall tales. Anyway, you don't it's make me digress. Don't make me squirrel. <laughs> mainstream, mainstream. So uh, they're talking about uh, an info info security magazine had published an article that caught my eye because um it worries me that John Oliver, it's great that he he did this article. Uh, or he he did that you know ep- episode, but it scares mm-hmm. me because you know we, we're hearing about the whole Delta variant being you know really kind of crazy. We're seeing increases in cases, et cetera, and then this article just kind of freaked me out a little bit. I get it. Don't believe everything you read, but this is in the context of cybersecurity. Um, they titled it was half U.S. hospitals shut networks down. Like like of their um, respondents, they they interviewed 130 hospitals. Mm-hmm. Um, and of those IT and cybersecurity divisions or departments within those hospitals, they asked them like you know questions you know around you know security and whatnot, and they're saying that there's a huge 
surge in attacks in the last few months. And I feel very mm. vulnerable that, gosh, you know, if we're so dependent on hospitals working, right, for our just general well-being, and then they're also under attack from a cybersecurity perspective, this is where I was like, dang, man, like ransomware. They say on average the downtime of large facilities for six hours, average of six hours, costs 21500 per hour. Whereas a mm-hmm. mid-sized hospital, if they were down, cost forty-five thousand seven hundred. So it's so it's again honing in on those environments and networks where it's not as secure because they don't have the resources. It's they're actually making double. Well, true. But firstly, let me tell you because I've worked in hospitals before. I've done security in hospitals, and I had very similar concerns until one of uh, a veteran old nurse came up to me and she said you know, cause I was worried cause I was doing some patching and, and some other stuff on the hospital equipment. And I was, I thought rightly concerned cause I didn't want to break anything and kill people. Oh, yeah. You know, so I, and this, and this, you know, kindly old nurse looked at me and she was like, do you think that these things are reliable hundred percent of the time anyway, without all of you coming in here and trying to fix them? She's like, no, they break all the time. She's like, we have multiple redundant, um, ways to do things here, right? We have backup plans upon backup plans because it's life and death, you know? So that's very, so be reassured, right? With that, right? Like it's, you know, as, as far as procedures go, like if, if they take out the computer system, it's not great, but people aren't all immediately going to die. Right. You know, like, no, not everybody's going to fall over. They have manual ways to do everything that's computerized. Will it work well? Will it reduce capacity? I mean, it's, it's not great, but it's not going to immediately kill everybody. So that's, that's the first thing I always try to tell people, right? Like nobody's going to immediately die. There's like, you know, like, it's not like the, 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 you know, the computer on a rocket or something like that. Oh, the computer turned off. The rocket's going to skip off the atmosphere and go crash into the moon or something. Right. You know, they, they, they have it. They don't have enough staff probably because, you know, COVID's really taken out the staff, lowered the levels of staff and, you know, the hospital's too full, but that's a different discussion, you know, but it's, it's 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 a monetary thing, yeah. And I mean, it's like the hospitals they 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 have very strange funding. Let's put it that way. You know, Medicare, Medicaid pays for a good portion of it, and then there's you know the insurance stuff. But yeah, no. If you if you defund them of hundreds of thousands of dollars, millions of dollars for one of these attacks, or if you make it so they have to implement their disaster recovery plan, you know, to get all of your health records and your billing records back online, you know, to to charge you for your, you know, hospital visit. I mean, that's bad news. It's, it's scary because you think about all the medication, right? And all mm-hmm. the interaction medication. I mean, that at that point, I feel like ransomware is entering a very, very, very dangerous position now because now they go mm-hmm. from just m- being opportunistic, making money to now, now you're actually affecting the lot. Like, well, they're going to affect the lives of people anyway, but this is like look tangible. Like mm-hmm. you turn off these people's lights, they're done kind of thing. Oh yeah. No, if the, if the system goes down and, and the in, drug interaction database misses something, yeah, that could be, that could kill a person very easily. Oh man, alive. That is like some crazy. And, and actually we're in a future ransomware battleground episode. We shall be talking with some healthcare experts to help me mm-hmm. walk me off the ledge. And obviously with your background, I, I'd imagine it will be a very good entertaining conversation. So my friend, um, as far as like, what is, what is it that you're seeing like this summer? Have you, I, I feel like the, it should be more mainstream. I feel like that there's like attacks every day now. I, I mean, is it Frequency's an exaggeration? Frequency's gone way up. 
No, not at all. The frequency is going up from once once a year to like once a month, let's say, easily. Oh wow! I mean, it's you know, and that's in the again, that's the what I always tell people is the tip of the iceberg, right? Because that's what's reported. Because a lot of this ransomware is just never even reported, right? Like if they if they ask for money and you know a company can solve a problem with money and uh, not tell anybody about it, then they'll do that. You know, the, the, and that, that was part of the gas line one that was kind of interesting, right, is that the hack didn't actually, the ransomware didn't actually stop the pipeline. It stopped the billing of the pipeline. So then the company had to actually turn the pipeline off because they couldn't bill anybody. And, it, you know, so it's, it's, but it's, it's just really strange and complicated. It is. And, that, and the fact that you mentioned that, yeah, you're right, it was the billing. And look at that good old capitalism <laughs> oh we're, we're not gonna we're gonna stop the pipeline because we can't you know account for it it's like no why mm-hmm. you give us a donation for all the times we've given you money for free mr or mrs whatever anyway i'm in a silly that's mood that's tonight. not how business works <laughs> oh come on you know a little charity here and there. karma karma i know i'm i'm, I'm no i'm on a pipe dream here but well oh. that's a that's a lot of gasoline in a pipeline that goes from texas up to pennsylvania so <laughs> I know. I was just having a pipe dream myself. So, Paul, thank you so much. You know, there was a really quick conversation, but, you know, I was so excited just to hear that, you know, when I see John Oliver and those types of publications, like really talking about it thoughtfully, right? Mm-hmm. Not just sensationalizing yeah. it, but really thoughtfully no. talking about it. Um, I do want to close it off with one thing because, you know, we're all adults, hopefully mostly adults listening to this, and we're not going to be naughty, naughty when we're talking about this, but... I had no idea, and this is my biggest takeaway, and you're probably going to laugh at me at this. But I think I already know what you're going to say, and I'm already laughing. I mean, look, I've talked and laughed about everything having an IP address, smart, blah, blah, blah device. But he brought something up that was enabled that I never thought of, and it would be adult toys. <laughs> mm-hmm. Remotely activated adult toys being hacked by... Yeah. Being, ha- being hacked. <laughs> I mean, just the quote here, which just cracked me, just cracked me up, is, you know, bleep holes are like opinions. Letting the <laughs> internet be in charge of yours is really a bad idea. <laughs> oh my god, I think that is hilarious, and the fact that I think it's so memorable, and uh, and you know, I've, I've always said this: if you can attach an emotion to an idea, concept, or an I, you know, a conversation that people are going to remember, I'm so intrigued if that's going to be the lasting impression that people remember <laughs> about ransomware. Ransomware sex toys. Yeah, I mean, it's... Hey, you know, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, what if it's got like a camera? Oh my God, I'm totally grossed out. Okay, so on that note, you know what? I think I, I'm di- over digressing today, but hey, Paul, thanks. I think we should wrap up another conversation of the Ransomware Battleground. Battleground. <laughs> All right. Have, have a great afternoon, evening, and morning, everyone. Bye. Peace.